Welcome, everyone, and thank you for spending a part of your day with me today. My name is Aldo Lagruta, and I'm a certified market technician from the International Federation of Technical Analysts. Today, I'm going to give you an introduction to the RSI, an indicator I believe to be complete in itself. RSI stands for Relative Strength Index, and it was introduced over 40 years ago by a brilliant technician by the name Wells Wilder. It's a momentum indicator that we use to measure the speed and magnitude of a security's recent price changes. The indicator is relatively simple to interpret, but it has some nuances that are particularly important and that can transform the orthodox uses of it. I'm going to do my best to give you my take on it. So first, we'll go through how to use the RSI correctly according to the traditional methods. And later, I'll delve into the unorthodox ways of using it. The formula used to calculate the indicator is largely inconsequential in today's context. Every modern platform can handle the calculations. Now, what is really crucial is grasping the underlying concept. So what does the RSI do? As a momentum indicator, it compares the strength of a market on its bullish days to its bearish days. This gives rise to the term relative strength. Normally, that concept of relative strength involves comparing the performance of one market to another or maybe to an index. For instance, if stock A has risen 10% in the past year, while the broader market index has risen 5% only, then the stock A has shown relative strength. But that has nothing to do with what the RSI does. However, both the relative strength and the relative strength index, or RSI, involve comparison. The thing to understand is what the RSI compares, and this can be a lot more important than knowing how to calculate. Again, RSI focuses on the strength of a market during bullish and bearish days. Relative strength measures the performance of one security relative to another, or maybe to an index. As an oscillator, the RSI fluctuates on a vertical scale of 0 to 100. Movements above 70 are considered overbought, and movements under 30 are considered oversold. And so, exactly as any other oscillator, it works best in trading ranges rather than trending market. That's probably one of the most important messages you need to remember when using the RSI. Traders try using the RSI indistinctly of the face of the market. Then, of course, the RSI doesn't perform as well because the RSI is not a trend-following indicator, but it's an oscillator. So it works best on markets that are ranging. Traditionally, RSI is considered most insightful when it reaches its upper and lower extremes, and that is because it's an oscillator. Wells Wilder initially used a 14-day period and described the Relative Strength Index, or RSI, as, and I quote, a tool which can add a new dimension to chart interpretation when plotted in conjunction with a daily bar chart, and end quotes. I could not agree more to that statement. 
It is important to consider that while they're designed the RSI during a pre-computer era, hence the calculations were made by hand on a day-to-day -day basis. So that made things a bit more difficult. Today, we can easily apply it in any time frame and uh, or perhaps lengthen the time period and making the oscillator smoother or narrower in amplitude. The shorter the time period, the more sensitive the oscillator becomes and the wider its amplitude. For instance, if we use a nine-day period, we'll have a greater amplitude than if we use the original 14 period. In this uh, yen chart, the distinction is evident. The top panel shows the 14 period RSI, while the one below displays a nine period RSI. By the way, both these values are widely favored by technicians and often without consideration of the time frame they are using, which is, in my opinion, another mistake when using the RSI. Now, observe the variations at the two points marked by vertical lines. The first instance illustrates how the RSI 9 noticeably dipped into the oversold territory, while the RSI 14 remained above the 30 reference line. <clears throat> when we see this, we immediately conclude that the RSI 9 is more useful. Had we seen the RSI 14, we wouldn't have bought because it wasn't oversold yet, while the RSI 9 gave a perfect buy signal by being in the oversold area. Well, that's convincing enough, but look what happened a few bars later. The second vertical line indicates the RSI 9 in the lower panel reaching the overbought zone with the RSI 14 still below the 70 reference mark. So if we were to pay attention to the 9, as we did before, we would be selling in the overbought area only to find that prices continue their ascent for many more weeks. And this may answer a typical question from RSI users, which is, what period is better? The examples we have seen suggest that those trading on a short-term basis might need to tweak the settings for more pronounced oscillator swings. So if you are a day trader or a scalper, you may want to use the nine period RSI or even lower periods like four or five. However, it's important to keep in mind that traders working with daily charts might find the original RSI 14, at least I have found that the original RSI 14 settings or even higher periods are more beneficial. Later, I'll show you what I use after we cover the basics. Now, let's delve into the primary orthodox application of the indicator. That is to warn us of the formation of tops and or bottoms. As we just pointed out, crossing the 70 or the 30 reference lines signals overbought and oversold states. Typically, the index reaches these extremes before prices peak or bottom, offering an early warning of an impending reversal or meaningful correction. From a practical standpoint, and I must say solely based on my own observations, the 80 and 20 levels hold significant importance instead of the 70 and 30. 
Given the dynamic shift during bull and bear markets, these are the actual thresholds where markets tend to become overbought or oversold. On the very same chart, observe the two extra horizontal lines in black that I have plotted at exactly the 80 and 20 levels. It's noteworthy how these exact levels coincided with the peaks and troughs in prices. For this demonstration, I utilize the RSI 9, and this illustrates the potency and potential profitability of signals at these extreme levels in the short term. The clarity of these signals become even more pronounced when a trader takes the RSI lines crossing below the overbought 70 or above the oversold 30 as a buying or selling cues. However, there are caveats to this. In my perspective, this application of the indicator has limitations, mainly for two reasons. The first one is that not every market peaks or troughs, uh, or, or maybe not all of those peaks or troughs, uh, are paired with the RSI readings surpassing, surpassing either Wilder's recommended reference level or my favorite recommended levels, which are the 80 and the 20. And secondly, because not all elevated readings signal genuine market peaks or troughs. So what's my take on it? Well, these two reasons alone render it unwise to solely rely on the RSI for pinpointing market extremities. So my advice, don't use it this way. Unless you pair it with other indicators and analytical methods, then don't use it this way. When you actually use other indicators and maybe a better analysis, uh, and then use the RSI to confirm those analysis or those other readings, then the RSI becomes um, very useful with the overbought or oversold markets, and they can significantly enhance our market analysis and decision-making process. Now, let's make a quick summary of what we have said. The indicator will rise as the number and size of updates increase, and it will fall as the number and size of down days increase. When the RSI approaches or crosses above the 70 mark, it suggests that the market may be overbought. And similarly, when the RSI dips uh, to or below the 30 mark, it implies a potentially oversold condition. These thresholds are traditionally used to signal that the market may be due for a reversal or correction, but traders should use additional indicators and analysis to confirm these signals, as they don't guarantee median market turns. So far, that's all we have covered. And it gives you a good impression of my take on the RSI, at least when it comes to the first orthodox use of it, as recommended by its creator. However, I feel I must be more insistent upon the risk of using the indicator this way, because I see far too many traders misled by the improper use of the RSI. On this dollar chart, Observe the two vertical lines indicating very key moments in market behavior. The left line marks an overbought situation, confirmed as the RSI rose above the 70 reference line, probably even up to the 80. And that preceded a 10-month decline in prices. The right line 
pinpoints the moment when the RSI fell below the 30 line, signaling an oversold condition. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? When we see a chart, an example like this one, we immediately think we'd better use the RSI this way. And don't take me wrong, examples like these are seen very, very often. So should we use these conditions of overbought and oversold to sell and buy? Not so soon. The reason is because, as it is the case with any other oscillator, the RSI indicator can announce and stay in the overbought region for extended periods while the market is in an uptrend. This is the exact same chart of the daily dollar index, but I moved it a bit to the right to show you the many times the indicator announced the overbought conditions before the one we saw was hit. It started on March 2022, and it continued doing so in April, then again in May, then in July, before finally prices hit the top where the vertical line is, which is the same line that you saw on the previous chart. So you can see the disadvantage of this. And the opposite is also true. The indicator may also announce and remain in the oversold territory for a long time when the market is in a downtrend. So it becomes imperative to learn to use the indicator within the context of the prevailing trend and other analytical tools. Here is a perfect example of the RSI giving an oversold reading in the euro dollar in September 2022. That signal alone would have been an ideal way to identify the bottom. It would have been perfect to buy that. Unfortunately, as in the previous example, the RSI had been warning of an oversold condition since July of 2021, as you can see on this chart. The vertical line is when the euro finally bottomed, as seen in the previous chart. Again, it becomes evident that this way of using the RSI, although effective in certain occasions, it can lead to disappointments and severe losses when not used in the context of the prevailing trend and other forms of analysis such as Elliott Wave. But don't be disappointed just yet. Luckily, that is not the only way that you, uh, to use the RSI. <clears throat> Let's discuss a second method of using the RSI as explained by Wells Wilder, who was the one who created it. This second method is a lot better in my opinion, and it would certainly be worth your attention. That is chart formations. Often we can see in the indicator formations that may be invisible in the price chart, or that can be seen first in, an indi in the indicator, but they appear in the price later on. Classic examples of these um, formations include the head and shoulders, as well as triangles, pennants, and flags. Take a look at this daily continuation chart of the S&P Mini. It presents a triangle formation that is not apparent in the price itself. A breakout from this triangle provided an excellent signal of the direction for the next significant price movement. Often, we see larger triangles that can be of great benefit at the time of taking trading decisions. This particular example was from a real trade that we took on the yen. Notice how obvious was the triangle in the RSI, but it was completely hidden in the price action. In fact, to label, I'm an and to label that decline was extremely difficult. 
The breakout of that triangle not only indicated to us the next meaningful direction that prices were likely to follow, but it also confirmed that the bottom was finally in place as we, as we had suspected via wave analysis. But to be honest, we were in desperate need of technical confirmation because we had thought the bottom to be in place several times before. So we needed a, a technical confirmation that it was indeed in place. And so that happened. Once the RSI broke the, the converging trend line to the upside, we were able to enter the long-term position in this pair that we wanted to. And that also proved to be extremely, extremely profitable. I believe, what did I do here? Apparently, my apologies. Okay. I think I was clicking everywhere. <laughs> Okay, another typical and effective pattern we find frequently on the RSI is a head and shoulders. Here is a, a, a slide with the drawing of a head and shoulders. It basically uh, appears to be like three mountain tops, or maybe like the head and, and shoulders of a human, where the top is the head, of course, the left is where it says left shoulder, the right says right shoulder. The connection between the two lows in between the shoulders and the head becomes the neckline. And that line is um, necessary to be penetrated before we can uh, confirm the head and shoulders as in place, or in this case, the top as in place. Now let's look at a chart. For some reason, it's not for a second everywhere again. Please give him. Okay, I am having difficulties here to get out of this slide. David, if you could help me here, assist me with how to, to get out of this slide, stop sharing and start again. For some reason, David, are you there? Uh, yeah, sorry. What are you trying to do? Uh, I was trying to get out, but I think I managed. Uh, do you have my slide in front of you, the one that shows the head and shoulders? Uh, no. No, so it's top sharing. Okay, so oh, let... yeah, the sharing was turned off. Yeah. Okay, so, so let's yeah, try... you just have to reshare. Let's try that. My apologies, guys. Okay, so now you should have it. Do you? Uh, yeah, I see the head and shoulders formation. Fabulous. Thank you very much. Okay, so now let's continue. This chart showcases the presence of a clear head and shoulders in the RSI and not so clear uh, on the price, if at all. Notice that the break of the neckline, remember the neckline is the one that connects the two lows between the shoulders and the, and the head. Notice that the break of the neckline gave room to a large decline that went from 112.40 all the way down to 172 a significant move that we would not have seen uh, had we focused on price action alone. So what's my take again? Well, these examples clearly demonstrate that the second methodology traditionally applied to the RSI tends to be more effective, more reliable and practical for, for trading purposes than the first one. The initial approach aims to identify overbought and oversold levels as a warning of potential tops and bottoms. But we demonstrated that it is not reliable, right? That's not the case. Therefore, we highly recommend embracing this second system, which focuses on identifying chart formations with the aid of the RSI for a more robust trading strategy. 
even if this were the only way to use the RSI, it would be more than worthy to add it to your charts. But the indicator gives us a lot more. So we have covered the use of the RSI to identify uh, tops and bottoms and concluded that that was not really reliable. At least that's not something that I would recommend you to use. We also learned how to recognize chart patterns that are visible in the indicator and invisible in the price data. Now, let's delve into the third and fourth most common uses of the RSI, that is failure swings and divergences. The reason why we're looking at them together is simply because while Wilder describes them as separate, the truth is that they are very connected and at times they're pretty much the same. Failure swings and divergences are extremely useful to identify market reversals in a way that is much more effective and reliable than the simple overbought or oversold readings. As you can see in this, this is a top failure swing. It occurs when the RSI is above the 70 reference line. You can see the 70 on the left one green, and that line would be the 70 reference line. When the RSI moves above that, when let's say that the RSI is an uptrend and it moves above that 70, turns down, but usually not below the 60. Although these, these levels are not precise, but you have to keep it as reference that when it comes down, it doesn't go below 60 or all the way to 50 or anything like that. And then it goes back up. However, on its way up, it fails to exceed the previous peak. Thereafter, comes back down and breaks the previous trough. And that is by itself a sell signal. So you can see where the, the RSI broke the previous uh, low that was left when it tried to come down to the 60 reference line. The breakout of that represents a sell signal. And these are usually very good. A bottom failure swing is exactly the opposite. It occurs when the RSI is in a downtrend and then prints below the 30 level. Then it bounces up to below the 40 in this case, and then attempts to go back down. However, on its way down, it fails to set a new low and then proceeds to exceed the previous peak. And that is the buy signal. Now, all those conditions can occur independent of prices. In other words, a top failure swing can be formed even if prices don't make a new high while the indicator produces the failure swing. In other words, they could be mirror. And likewise, a bottom failure swing can occur even if prices mirror the action of the indicator. But that's typically not as reliable, according to my observations. They are valid signals indeed. And if you are learning to take signals, well, these are real, realistic signals. However, what I have noticed is that when they mirror the price, let's say, imagine the price is, is coming down. Well, I'm sorry, I don't see, I, I don't think I have a mouse here, so I cannot point it out. But let's let's imagine that prices are coming down exactly from that 50 level on the, on the top left and prices are coming down and then they start going up and they come back down, but don't take the low. So they are doing exactly the same as the RSI would be doing. So when the RSI gives us that by signal, 
Is it reliable? Well, I wouldn't think so. For a top failure swing to be trusted, we need to see prices diverging from the indicator. That's to say that while the indicator fails to exceed the previous peak established by the indicator, then prices actually achieve a new high. And for a bottom failure swing, like the one we have in front of us, prices should make a new low while the indicator, where it says failure swing point, while the indicator is making that failure swing point. Yet prices are not mirroring this action, but are making still a new low. That's my preferred view on it. However, as I said, failure swings can be independent from prices. And in fact, can be traded even without looking at price. Because uh, if you just make the big chart of the RSI and you see this uh, drawing, they are perfectly uh, tradable. Since the indicator is an oscillator, you can pretty much expect that it's going to go all the way up, but that doesn't happen all the time. So if you use this type of signal that are mirroring prices, you have to use them as momentum signals, as moments to actually come in and out of the market, but not as ways to indicate that indeed um, an important bottom or top, and let's say an important extreme in the market has been formed. Now, finally, the best known usage of the RSI is for divergence. Wilder himself considers divergence the single most indicative characteristic of the relative strength index. Now, what are divergences? Very simple. <clears throat> When prices are going up, let's say, okay, and the indicator refuses to confirm that move and instead move lower, that is known as bearish divergence. So basically divergence is when an indicator that is based on price refuses to move in the direction that prices are moving. In other words, prices are moving up, the indicator are moving down. Prices are moving down, the indicator is moving up. So that is what is known as divergence. And since the RSI is a momentum indicator, it is a sign that momentum is becoming weaker and prices should start falling. What you have in front of you is a chart of the S&P mini featuring a bearish divergence. You can see how prices were going up and made a new high where the trend line, the red uh, dotted trend line is. They made a new high, but the indicator failed to go higher. And it actually went lower than price. That is bearish divergence. And as you can see, that gave place to a large decline thereafter. Remember, this is a daily. And the opposite is also true. When prices are going lower and the RSI is going higher, then we have a bullish divergence. This one is a daily chart of the S&P mini again. You can see where the trend lines are, how prices were making a new low while the RSI failed to go lower than it went during the first low. So it produced a bullish divergence that sent prices higher. Obviously, people buy when they see a bullish divergence and sell when they see a bearish divergence. Once again, using divergences alone without the aid of other technical tools can prove to be extremely dangerous. So trading divergences is highly recommended when they coincide with an Elliott wave count. You are familiar. Let me try to move this. I'm going to stop sharing and then start sharing again um, 
but a, a different, so I can show you my chart. Okay, so give me a second. Okay, so you should be able to see my chart. Now. Going to draw there. Okay, so when you have an Elliott wave mm, structure, let's say you you all know that it moves in five wave one, two, three, four, and five. Okay, so these five waves, they you know they follow certain rules in order to qualify as a as an impulse. Now, if we see divergence, let's say between here, between this level here and this level here, it's probably not going to be an important. It could be something that we have to ignore. It could be possible that in between here, the market forms or the indicator form divergences, but those are uh, points that should be completely ignored. The real divergences should form between leg three and leg five. So if we have such a divergence, let's say that the indicator is here doing something like this, and up like that, came down, and then on the fifth leg, it came lower, and then it produced this failure swing. Ideally, when we have that failure swing, and then we have the indicator going above the 70 line on the on the top of what we believe is the third wave, and then below the 70 line on the top that we believe is the fifth way, those are divergences that can be clearly, cleanly um, traded. However, when those are not the case, as I see many people trading divergences by themselves, of course they lose right and left because they are not to be traded like that. Now, those are the most obvious and traditional ways to use the RSI. And so now I would like to show you um, a different way to use the RSI as a confirmation of the trend that is not widely known. And perhaps one of the reasons is because this indicator, as I said before, is an oscillator. So it's very strange that one could use it as a trend confirmation, but it's phenomenal when used this way. Let's take a look at this, at this chart. You can see, for instance, how prices are coming down, right? And the indicator is coming down. All right, great. By the way, here I have to show you, this is a six hour chart and I'm using not a 14 uh, period RSI. I'm not using a, a nine period. I'm using actually a 35 period. Okay, these are the, this is the period that I would use for this type of use of the RSI where I'm confirming the trend with it. And these confirmations tend to be extremely accurate. So they are extremely tradable. So for instance, in this case, well, prices are coming down, the indicator is coming down, it's all the way here to the to the oversold area. It goes back up as prices go back up and penetrate the 50 line. So it doesn't it doesn't tell us anything. Some people say that the penetration of the 50 line by itself is a buy signal. I wouldn't recommend you to do that, but um, indeed it coincides very often with um with uh, prices moving higher when the when the indicator penetrated from below or prices moving lower when the indicator penetrated from above. For instance, in this case, you can see the penetration of the 50 line that happened around here uh, indicated a huge decline. But that doesn't happen all the time. For instance, in this case, the indicator penetrated the, the 50 and it didn't have a huge decline, even though it would have worked. Now, let's say the indicator penetrated the 50 line here, but it went back down. And notice that it didn't hold the 50 line. In fact, it went up 
the 50 and came below the 50 again. So that leaves the downtrend intact. The magic starts when the indicator moves above the, the 50 line, in this case, as prices are moving higher. And then when prices, you all know, prices don't move in, in only one direction. When prices start pr producing that correction, that small correction, the indicator holds the 50 line. This is the most valuable uh, signal. This is the most valuable moment in a trend chain because... Yes, here the trend changed. And of course, it was um, it was clearly um, indicated by the fact that the indicator penetrated the fifty line. But as we discussed, it can go back down and back up and back down. So how do we know that the trend that has been down here has changed to an uptrend? Well, the only way to know that is by waiting until the indicator actually finds support on the 50. Okay, so at that point, notice that from now on, every decline should keep the indicator above the 50. Any decline that goes below the 50 would indicate that, well, it's no time to buy anymore. But while the indicator remains above the 50, we can actually buy the market. Even though in this particular case, we might be may, may have been thinking, that the market is about to collapse because we have an A, B, and probably a C. And yet the indicator tells us, no, it's no time. It's still an uptrend. And then it goes back down and look, it's the 50 is held. Even here, the 50 is held. And you can see that every time that happens, the 50 is held. And basically what that gives us, even you look at that, even in this case where this huge bar was happening where we all thought that okay the top is in place because you know the the decline was so um, abrupt and yet look at the indicator it held the 50 line it didn't didn't care about how fast uh, people were selling the pair so every time there is a retracement you know that basically we always say you know if you're on an uptrend buy the retracement and we say, yeah, but where? That's a problem that we all have, right? And sometimes we buy the retracement and it happened that it wasn't a retracement, but a change of trend and then the thing continues going down. So that's a problem. But when we have this confirmation of trend or this use of the RSI as a confirmation of trend, then we can buy every time that the RSI keeps the retracement above the 50 line. Okay, and now you may be wondering, yeah, but... Where exactly do I buy? And here is where I'm going to show you a very unorthodox way of using it. It's very, very practical, very unique. So what I'm doing, remember I told you I'm using a 35 here, a 35 period. This is not magical. You can use a 30, maybe a 34. It doesn't really matter. Um, I'm using a 35 because it's in this, in this particular pay, pair, it works really well, as you can see historically. And so what I do is I also use another RSI. On top of this, the difference is that the period is smaller. And the reason is because, as I told you, the amplitude of a shorter term period would allow us to identify oversold conditions, let's say, in a smaller uh, time frame. Let's say that here is the RSI 5. Okay, I'm going to um, make it visible. And you can see the, the gray line is the RSI. So 
as we got the confirmation of the trend being up, now all we need to do is wait for the RSI 5 to be in the oversold condition. You can see on the left side, these are the, the levels of the, of the RSI 5, okay? On the right side are the levels of the RSI 35. So here we have the this line here. This would be the 30, this line here, that would be the 70. So below this line or at that line, it would indicate oversold conditions. That means that once the RSI held the 50, the RSI 35 held the 50, if the RSI 5 is oversold, we can buy, we can buy it. And every time that the RSI 5 is in oversold condition, we can buy. And as long as the RSI 35 remains in the bullish area, which means above the 50. Okay, so all these are buy signals. All these are buy. And you can continue buying like that until the RSI actually stop holding the 50, indicating that perhaps prices are about to change. You can see even in this huge situation that we discussed, the RSI 5 was actually oversold. So, and you can see the RSI 35 continues holding the 50, okay? And that's the case all the way down here, where at this point, we already have reasons to doubt that the trend or the uptrend is going to continue. At that point, we can start thinking, well, it is about time to um, stop buying or stop adding to our our long position because the RSI, that doesn't mean that the fact that it penetrated the 50 does not mean that uh, now the market is bearish. It doesn't necessarily mean that, but it's a warning that we should stop our long position. Okay, how do we know then? You may be wondering, well, if this doesn't mean the market is bearish, how do we know when to sell? Well, exactly as we knew it, when to buy back here. Remember, basically, we waited for the RSI to penetrate the 50 and then find support there. In this case, we will have to wait until the RSI penetrate the 50 and then find resistance. Okay, when that happened, notice that it didn't happen and prices continue moving higher. So if the RSI would have gone down here and then when it goes up, find resistance at the 50, then that would have indicated that the trend has changed and now we could start selling instead of buying. So let me check if by any chance, I don't know where to check actually, if by any chance you guys have questions and I'll be more than to answer you. In the meantime, I'm going to go back to the, to the presentation I had before. Okay, I am not so sure what you are looking at. If you are looking at, let's see, um, can you guys tell me, anybody, uh, David, can you tell me if what you're looking at is a, an S&P 500 um, chart or if you are looking at my uh, yen chart still? I just don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's the, it's the yen chart. It's the yen. Okay. Then my apologies for being so unable. I'm going to start sharing. All right. All right. So guys, as you can see, there are really clever ways to use the RSI that are not typically known and that I cover in our yet to be released RSI Mastery course. We have actually not released it yet. And here's the good news. You can get the RSI Mastery for free when you join the Technical Analysis Mastery program. So let me tell you in a few minutes, because I know I'm running out of time, what the Technical Analysis Mastery is all about and what it can do for you. Basically, this is an in-depth program 
that covers the most effective tools of technical analysis. So you can learn how to trade profitably and completely independent from gurus and advisors. It includes from basic Ichimoku cloud strategies to the most sophisticated Elliott wave analysis, from trend lines to moving averages. And it also covers the most essential indicators any trader and investor should master, like the MACD or any oscillator. So technical analysis mastery is everything every trader should have studied and master. You get close to 50, uh, not 50, 150 quality videos that include everything you need to being skillful chartist and technical analyst. The main object of technical analysis is that of forecasting prices. And with this course, you're sure to learn that unique skill. And since we just made a phenomenal offer for Black Friday, I, I'll let you check it out yourself. Just keep in mind that we put that page up again for this presentation, so it will only be up for 48 hours. And as I said um, before, the RSI Mastery has not been released. And when we do, it will likely sell for $997 alone. That's pretty much the prices that we sell all our courses. But we will include it as part of this one-time deal. So basically, if you trade, you can't afford to go without this course. And if that's the case, this is the best chance to get it at the lowest price that it will ever be with the best bonuses that it will ever have. So it is not worthy that there are RSI courses on the internet that sell for $4,000 and more. And you'll get ours, the RSI Mastery, for free when you get the Technical Analysis Mastery today. I hope you learned something useful today with the RSI. And I truly trust that the $2 a day that you need to invest in this course won't be an obstacle for you. It's true. When you break it down in a year payment, this will be about $2 a day, something like $60 a month. And that will be less than a single stop that you put on any trade in any month. So I look forward to seeing you during the one-on-one session you get included with your technical analysis mastery program. Yes, for the Black Friday, typically we don't, but for the Black Friday, we included a one-on-one session so we can really check where you are in your trading, what are the obstacles that have stopped you from moving forward and how you can benefit the most uh, from our program. And for instance, in what module to start because you might be at a position where you need to start at the fifth module instead of the third and so forth and so on. So please use the link that you see in front of you to register. Is the same page we had for Black Friday and we just reopen it up for you for the next 48 hours. So I hope that uh, this um, helps you in any way. And now I'm going to answer a few questions while I still have a couple of minutes. So David, if you can help me see where the questions are, where do I go? Um, you just have to find the Zoom, um, the Zoom menu and then uh-huh. uh, there might be a more button, but there's a chat button in there somewhere i chat button okay 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 uh the more venue okay um although i'm looking at your site here and this black friday link it goes to a thing that says this offer is no longer available oh my (laughs) okay let me yeah because it was for black friday let me let me try to 
to find the proper link for you in a moment. Uh, do you want to just give them your email and they can send you a sure. message if they want? And then sure. you can the email will be will simply be support at technicanalysisinstitute.com. Support at technicanalysisinstitute. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I think I'm having the same problem I had before. I cannot stop sharing. <laughs> so I cannot get out of this. So David, if you can't take the presentation from me, that will be helpful okay. for your next uh, presenter. <laughs> okay. I, I'm out now. Are you there, David? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you? I was able to uh, stop the presentation. So I think now I can give it back to you. So people can have their time to rest before the next center comes.